1: It is a privilege, it is an honor, every single opportunity we, I have to be able to stand behind this podium, this table, and share God's word. It's something we do not take lightly. And so if we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Joey Salazar. <coughs> Excuse me, along with my wife, Zelly. We serve as some of the pastors here at this church, and it really is the joy of our life to be able to do what we get to do, build relationships, give back, and just continue to lead and uh, empower as well. And so uh, it really is a joy. I'm excited to get into today's word, but I do want to give a quick shout out to a special group of people who are here today, and that's all of our first time guests as well. Journey Church, can you help me welcome all of our first time guests as well? It really does mean a lot. Uh, there's something that I'm, I'm just very possible that I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, but there's something probably I already can guess about you, and that is you really, really love Jesus. How do I know that? You're on Sun. You're you're here at church on a Sunday over Labor Day weekend. Hello, somebody. You could be on a beach somewhere right now eating a piece of chicken. I don't know. Uh, is that a thing? Anyways, and so. But it really does mean a lot that you would be here today. And I believe God's going to speak to us today. And uh, it's a really exciting time in the life of our church because we got small groups kicking off here. They're right around the corner. And so uh, I wanna encourage, encourage every single person to strongly take that step and sign up for a group today. But we're actually gonna be diving into that a little bit more today. Uh, I definitely wanna honor uh, Pastor JJ as well and Pastor Liz. I know they're not in the room, but can we give it up for them as well? They are just like the best leaders. I love the way they believe in people and give people an opportunity uh, to continue to just grow in the calling that God is upon them. And so super, super thankful for them. Um, But I I definitely, in preparation for today's message, something you may or may not know about me is, uh, you know... Growing up, I, I had a couple of interesting fears. I don't know if here anybody had maybe like a weird type of fear growing up. Um, but I had this really one interesting fear. Uh, I'm over it now. I'm good now. But uh, when I say it, when I show it to you, you're probably going to be like, what? That's, that's pretty interesting there. Uh, but you know what? Rather than say it, let me just show you a picture of one of my biggest fears growing up. Uh, thankfully, I'm over it today. But this is it right here. You're like, I don't, I don't even know what to look at. I don't know what, there's nothing there. Um, I'm talking about elevators, people, all right? And um, growing up, I don't know, I, I don't believe I ever got stuck in one. Uh, I don't believe uh, I ever saw anything, like, scary or anything. I just don't know why. But, man, you could not find me in any elevator whenever the opportunity was there to take it. And my poor parents, man, we had, I, I, I had them go with me through stairs, floors and floors. You talk about leg day, right? Like, it's just like floors and floors of stairs. And um, finally, you know, thankfully, I, I finally overcame that fear, you know, last week. And um, I, I was... In the whole transition, growing into being able to get onto an elevator, uh, I quickly realized, hey, there are some rules for you and I whenever we ride elevators. Now, nobody taught me these necessarily. Uh, I'm just observing. I'm just paying attention. We didn't send out a a mass email. But I don't know if you've ever picked up on this, but there's certain rules sometimes that we do in elevators just kind of naturally. For example, when you get in, uh, first of all, can, can we agree that pressing the button for your elevator to come like multiple times? I don't know if you knew this or not, it actually doesn't speed up the process. Okay, we're just gonna get that out there. That might be the hack just you needed here today. You could push it once and you don't have to hurt your finger again. All right, you pushing it 20 times, I promise you it does not speed up the process. But once you're in, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of like a rule. You you push your floor and then you look nowhere else except for the little digital floor monitor that's just changing the numbers and stuff. It's kind of weird. It's like if you make, it's almost like a game we play where if you make eye contact with somebody else, it's like, oh, you're out, buddy. Sorry. It's just interesting. Uh, Another thing we do sometimes is like, hey, when we're in the elevator, hey, there's no like pacing around. No, you plant your feet, you stay in your corner. It's like time out for adults. All right. It's just like, you're not going anywhere and and don't look at anybody, much less even talk to anybody. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of of called this whole elevator idea. And I wonder if... Sometimes I wonder if we're not careful, we'll take some of these other ideas, for example, that whole thing of the elevator idea, and we'll bring it into church in our relationship with God. Wow. Where, hey, we come into church and you know what? Uh, if, if I don't need to talk to everybody, hey, I'm okay with that. Hey, you know what? If I can just kind of focus on what's ahead of me and, and you know what? I'm just gonna listen to the message and get what I can. And I'm just really waiting to get to my floor, kind of my destination, kind of to the end of service. And then I'm good. I'm gonna just kind of rush out. I, I if, if, if we're not careful, I think we'll kind of naturally begin to adopt that into other areas of our life, also our church, our church life. But really what's happening is we're missing out on one of the greatest blessings that God has for each and every one of our lives called community. The local church, which is God's strategy for community, is a a blessing for our lives. And I believe it's these two things. It's a commitment to God and it's a commitment to community that will help us develop and to grow into everything that God has called us to be. I believe that it's time for you and I, and it's the title of my message today, that we would trade the me for the we. Because I believe we is greater than me. I'm going to be saying me and we a lot. And so hopefully I don't flip those backwards, all right, enough. But I really believe that today we is greater than me. Because the truth of the matter is we live in a a me society. Me, society simply means we're, we're inward focused. We, we, try, we want to take care of ourselves first. Hey, anybody else, you know what, hey, you're kind of on your own. Uh, I'll kind of prove it to you here right now. Uh, whenever you take a group photo and right before you're gonna publish that photo online, who is the first person that you look at in that photo? Most of the time, it's yourself. Right? It doesn't matter if the person next to you, their hair's not done right, if their one eyes closed. Bro, if you look good, you're posting that thing. We'll just say that he was winking at somebody. You know, I don't know, we'll just kinda, we'll add it in the caption, all right? But I, I know this and yet still I did it two weeks ago, not even on purpose, but I'm mentioning it now in the illustration, in the sermon, two weeks ago because my wife and I, we celebrated our wedding anniversary. We just celebrated 12 years together. And I, rem- I remember, you know, wanting to be so super intentional with our gifts and just even things online because it didn't happen if it's not online. And so I was going to post about it online. And I was like, man, let me find the best photo. Let me work on a caption. I mean, I'm not a poet and stuff, but I'll try. And so I'm like looking for words that rhyme. I'm trying to remember things from our special day. And I look through a whole bunch of photos and I pick one. And this is it. This is the one I ended up posting online. It looks something kind of like this. This is our wedding day. Uh, here to my left, your right, it would be uh, June. He's one of my best friends from Bible school. We still stay in contact to this day. Pastor JJ's in the back holding the black umbrella. All right, that's him back there. Not sure what he's looking at. Um, but um, nonetheless, and then... Uh, my brother, my younger, my only brother, uh, Nathan. He is my younger but bigger brother. She's kind of like my little big brother. And uh, that's Nathan right there. And that's me and my wife. And I remember that day, man, we had to persevere. And I felt like it's kind of become like a theme of our marriage. Like we just, we've persevered through some stuff. And I'm like, man, this what better photo to post than this one right here? Because like we rented this garden and we didn't even get to use it outside because thanks to Florida weather, it rained all day. And we, I, we were so upset like we had to make so many changes last minute. And so these were like some of the few photos we took even outside in the rain, like it was crazy. But I'm like, you know what, if there's, if there's no better photo than to really represent, highlight our marriage than this one. So I said, look, babe, man, my, my, I posted this earlier in the morning, it's going viral, bro. It's like 35 likes already. And it's just like crazy. <laughs> I show it to her and she didn't have a smile on her face. I'm like, it's because you haven't read the caption yet. She read the caption and she wasn't smiling yet either. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, why'd you pick that photo? I'm like, babe, look at the symbolic meaning behind it. I feel like it preaches. She's like, didn't you notice I'm not wearing any shoes in this photo? And I was like, oh my gosh, I never even looked at her feet because I was just making sure that I look good, you know, and making sure that the words were good, because we live in a me society. And I didn't even do that on purpose, but it sometimes it just comes so naturally. And um, I, then I was like, babe, can I show it to the whole church? And so, um, so thank you for letting me show it. Nonetheless, I believe God's calling us to trade the me for the we. This idea that, hey, I can do this by myself. Hey, you know what? I don't need anybody else. Hey, I'm called to be a Lone Ranger. Hey, I, I, you know, everybody for themselves. No, I believe God and it's supported through scripture uh, uh, of what the church is supposed to be like. And I want to share with you a couple of verses today uh, of, of, of what, the, what the church is supposed to be like and what God is calling us to. And so in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 41... Book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 41. We're going to look back today a little bit to the first church, the early church, the church that that started this whole movement. Uh, The Bible says that that, that there were 120 gathered in an upper room, in a a small auditorium, and the Holy Spirit descended on the 120, and the church was established then. And then Peter, one of the disciples, stands up full of the authority of the Holy Spirit of God. He begins to preach the gospel, and the Bible says that almost three, thousand people get saved in that one message sometimes i think we read we read uh stories a little bit we read the bible a bit too fast i i, I always want to encourage you to approach the scripture not with doubt necessarily but with curiosity like i, I read this and i'm like three thousand people first of all what like what sound system were they using First of all, how could they even communicate to that many people if they didn't have this technology we had today, right? So it gets your mind thinking because you're like, man, some of these miracles are even so much greater than what we even think that they are because, again, we read it too fast sometimes. But the Bible says that they make a commitment to Christ, almost 3,000 people, and that's step one. Notice how I said step one because you accepting Christ, you surrendering your heart to him, that is step one but that's not the whole thing right there. Salvation isn't necessarily where it stops. Salvation is where it starts. That you accepting God into your life, you 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 uh, inviting him to surrendering your life over to him, that's definitely step 1, but there's there's another commitment that the early church made that made all a difference in their lives and the Bible says in Acts chapter uh, let's read 41 and then we'll read 42 again. It says, "Those Who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. They devoted themselves, we're gonna stop right there. As the Bible says, they devoted themselves. When was the last time you used that word devoted? Devoted simply means to commit to. Devoted simply means, hey, to continue to give of yourself or to focus on it. And that's what salvation is, right? We're giving of ourselves over to the Lord. But that's not the only thing that God is calling us to commit to or be devoted to. And to the person who would say, Well, I don't know, I'm just not a very devoted person. I'm not a very consistent person. I'm not a very, I don't know, like I I don't do that, I don't do that like everybody else. I would push back on that. And I'll say, Hey, we're all devoted. We just may be devoted to different things. For example, we're devoted to the gym. Correction, I'm not devoted. You're devoted to the gym. You never miss a Monday. You never miss posting about it. Right? That, 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 you know, that post is, burns two more calories. I've realized that. Uh, we're, we're, we're devoted to Netflix. It's okay if it's quiet. Because we will finish that series... We will be loyal. Hey, we started it as a family. We're finishing it, right? Like, whoa! <laughs> Shut out, brother. Uh, we'll finish series. We'll finish other projects. We're devoted to sports. Oh man, we will work our schedule around sports. Some of us. Who's counting, right? Only 44 days to the NBA playoffs. Uh, to the NBA season kicks off, right? Um, we're devoted to those things. We're devoted to friends. Devoted to family, we're devoted to, to our job, we're devoted to things. I think what the, the question that it begs to offer is the things though that we are devoted to are they making a positive impact in our lives. So the, the truth is we're all devoted to something, but are we, are we devoted to the right things? And the Bible says that they devoted themselves to these, to these things, to the apostles' teaching, which, which is this right here, it's, it's, it's godly teaching, but it's also, they were devoted to the fellowship, And the breaking of bread and the Bible says, and to prayer. Notice also how the Bible says that it was the breaking of bread, not the breaking of kale. I'm just saying, all right, if we go out to eat, if I go over to your house, don't give me none of this this salad, this kale stuff, all right? I, I follow the word of God. The Bible says when they ate bread, all right? So I don't know. Who that was for, that might be the loudest, amen, all I get today. But that's fine, all right? It's it's the breaking of bread. In the Greek, though, that word fellowship is translated to koinonia, and it actually means community. So get this, get this. It's a commitment to Christ, but it's also a commitment to community. And it's both of these things in their lives that sets them up for success. It's both of those things that come to be a blessing in their lives. And I think too many of us, if we're not careful, hey, we're good to commit to Christ. But when it it comes to community, when it comes to surrounding ourselves with the right people, when it comes to just letting people kind of speak into our lives, man, sometimes we don't always win there. And I want to challenge us through scripture today that we would be intentional, that we would be focused on what God has for our lives. And so there's a couple of blessings. There's a couple of of, of benefits that happen when we trade the me for the we. Now, I'm going to give you these three points. Now, I'm going to let you know, here's a disclaimer. They, they They sound weird, all right? Grammatically, they almost don't make sense, but I promise you they're going somewhere. For example, the first one is we are more committed than me. We together are more committed than me. Have you ever, have you ever realized that commitment just lasts longer in community? Have you ever tried to, to establish a new habit? Have you ever tried to eat right? There's a difference doing it by yourself versus knowing that someone's going to check up on you. Here a couple of years ago, I started developing the habit of running. And uh, it, it, it happened specifically during the pandemic. We were all home in quarantine. And, uh, and it was cool. Uh, I had my shoes. I got the app. I started running around, around uh, the community. And then we got a, a dog that would, would, would run with me. That was my running partner. Her name, was Layla, her name is Layla. And, and it was great. Then a couple, of, a couple of you know some time goes by, and I started feeling like I was losing that passion, that energy, that drive. Uh, some time later, it, it came time for us. We sold our house, and, and where we were going, we, we, we couldn 't take our dog necessarily, and uh, we had one dog there, but we couldn 't take both dogs and so we asked a friend of ours, "Hey, do you mind watching our dog for some time?" And uh, she was kind enough to say yes. And what's interesting is that I I said this, and I was recently reminded I said this, I said something along the lines of, well, hey, I guess since my running partner's going away, Layla, uh, I guess I'm not gonna be running anymore for some time soon. And it's crazy the power that words can have over your life. Because I said that, and sure enough, like my desire went away. I wasn't as committed. It it just took so much more work. and And a lot of weeks would pass by at times before I would run again. Long story short, six months passed and we get our, our house. We're moving in. It's time to go pick up Layla. And our friend Jasmine, who was watching our dog, uh, happens to remember that phrase I would said and, and says, not in a, in, a, in a confronting way or in a mean way, but says, it, says something along the lines of, hey, now that you got your, your running partner back, I guess you're going to start running again. And I was like, Oh. I guess you're right, you know. I'm like, I did say that, didn't I? And uh, and then God was so kind enough to me that in my summer small group, uh, group of men that we were, we had the chance to lead and get together. There was one guy in particular. <laughs> I, I don't even think I asked him to be my accountability partner. I just kind of said, Hey, you're my unofficial, official accountability partner, and I'm gonna start sending pictures of you, and and I need you to ask me if I'm running and all these things. And it was crazy. <laughs> excuse me, because I saw the difference. Of when I was trying to run by myself versus when I was trying to, when I did something, when I was trying to run in community. And there's a huge difference that happens. And I wonder if, if maybe that's why sometimes our faith kind of gets a little bit weak. Because we're trying to do it by ourselves rather than trying to do this with people. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, the Bible says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I just want to let you know something that, hey, we are better together. That's a saying that we are, we are running with in small group season this semester. And it's not just a, a, a nice cute saying, I believe it's a principle and it's a truth. Hey, when we come together, our commitment can just last so much longer. And so your homework today is to make a friend. Find somebody, find a group of people who you have something in common with and, and start there. I, I do this often in the lobby. <laughs> If you're wearing something from the Los Angeles Lakers, if you have a logo, if it's a basketball or something, uh, it's very possible that I'm going to go and I'm going to try to talk to you. We're going to pray together for the Lakers. <laughs> <coughs> but then we're going to cheer together and maybe cry. Um, but I'll, I'll, look for, I'll look for things that people have that, that I can recognize. I want to encourage you. Maybe you're checking in your kids at Journey Kids. If there's a, there's a family next to you also doing the same, guess what? You both have kids and journey kids. You have something in common. If you join a team, guess what? You're both on that team. You have something in common. I'll make it super practical. Whoever you park next to outside in the parking lot, <laughs> you have something in common. You're, you're sharing some property there, you know? That might be silly and all, but I really believe that God's called us to, to be in community and it, And some people might say, well, you know what? It's just that I'm an introvert. And I can respect that because I myself at my core, this might be kind of shocking as a pastor, but I too am an introvert. It doesn't come as easy as maybe what you think or expect it to be to go out and, and connect and just be relatable and things like that. But it's something that I know that I need. And so I've actually worked on it. I love reading books. And so I'll develop myself in these areas. Here's a couple of books that I read. One of them is How to Make Friends and Influence People. Like it's straight in the title. It's not even hiding it. Another, Another book I read was 92 Ways to Talk to People. And so it's 92 little phrases that are great conversation starters. The last one, don't get offended on this one. I promise I love you. But it's called Help, I Work With People. It was written by a pastor. And so, um, but I was intentional to work on myself because I know of the power that it can do in my life. And honestly, it just reminds me that we're, we're better when we come together. I'm reminded of the paralyzed individual in the book of Luke chapter five. We won't read it now. He had a need. He wanted to get to Jesus, couldn't get there by himself. And so what does he do? He surrounds himself with four friends. The Bible doesn't say their names. It doesn't say what education level, how much money they make. All it says is that they were men of great faith. And I think those are the type of people that we need in our lives because we are definitely more committed when we are in the right community. Today, I wanna invite some friends. We're gonna invite them one at a time, but they're gonna come on stage and they're gonna share some of their story and how groups has kind of shown up in their lives as well. And interestingly enough, the first person I'm gonna invite is that running accountability partner that I was telling you about. We got to spend the summer together in our small group. And so can you help me put your hands together for Mr. Luis Rodriguez today? Oh, come on, come on. We can do better than that. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, church. Doing great, doing great. Hey, for those of us or those of them who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, um, you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and maybe even how long you've been coming to Journey?
0: Yeah, so my name is Lewis, like he just mentioned. Uh, most of you know me as Lou. Uh, my wife and I and my kids have been a turning
1: journey for about six years now, almost six years. Wow. That's like pretty much from the beginning because here in a couple of weeks, come on, I don't know if anybody's excited about this, but it's going to yeah. be our birthday. <laughs> Celebrating six together. You know, there's something I know about you is that, man, you are all in when it comes to small groups. Uh, whether when you're not leading one, you're in one. We got to spend this past summer together and uh, you're willing to make the drive all the way to where I live, uh, which is a drive. But uh, nonetheless, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you've just seen small groups just impact your life and that, the, the commitment, just being able to endure because of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's been many occasions where small groups have helped me out, but I think... To be specific, uh, my grandmother, she was the person who introduced me to Christ and was the person who pretty much just taught me how to have a heart for God. And unfortunately, about a year and a half ago, uh, we lost her to cancer. And I remember when we knew that she was diagnosed with cancer, uh, my family and I started praying for her healing. And yet, that didn't happen. And I remember I was troubled because it was, like, the person that I knew to be the most faithful, the most faithful, the person that I knew to be the best prayer warrior and one of the most meaningful people in my life did not receive healing. Yeah. And I remember that same week that she passed away, uh, our freedom group started. And right before freedom group starts, we get there a little early and Charlie and I are setting up and uh, getting the room ready and the doorbell rings and I walk over there. And it's Chris, now Pastor Chris. Come on, Pastor Chris. <laughs> and he's awesome. And he's standing there with an orchid, right, which is my grandmother's favorite flower, and a flan de calabaza, which is a pumpkin dessert that I love that my grandma used to make. Come on. And he hands it over to me. There's a note that says, from your freedom group, a nice letter inside, uh, gives me a hug. And in his awesome Alabama accent, he's like, love you, bud, praying for you. And I'm like... <laughs> And it sounds silly, but that small gesture and small moment pointed me right back the direction I needed to be going. Because it was like, the Bible says, a friend loves at all times and is born at a time of adversity. Wow. That, small gesture, that small gesture was an example of just that. Because what it spoke to me was, man, even though my faith was tested, even though I was questioning God, God still loved me. And here are his people to prove
1: it. That's so good. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up for that. You, you never know. Appreciate you, Lou. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. You never know the power of uh, of just a timely word. You never know the power of a timely text message of a voice memo you sent somebody. And at that time, it was Pastor Chris. But honestly, how, I'm sure everybody in this room, or even those watching online, could probably point to a moment in their life when hey, you got. You know, somebody gave you the, a pat on the back at the right moment. Somebody said an encouraging word at the right moment. Somebody was just there with you. And, and just some, sometimes it's not, we didn't got to say anything. Sometimes it's just you being there with people. Again, we are just commitment just is able to last longer in community. Another blessing that we have when we are in community is that we are stronger than me. We are stronger than me. Uh, One of the places on my list that I would love to travel to one day and just visit with my family is in California. It's called the Redwoods. And if you know anything about them, uh, this is the home of some of the world's largest and most beautiful trees in my opinion uh, called the Sequoia Trees. Uh, In my research of them, I was able to find that some of these trees uh, are even as tall as 400 feet tall and as wide as 18 feet wide. Like just impressive and just uh, they've, they've endured the test of time. And uh, I think we have some photos of them even driving through a tree. Like that just blows my mind how something so big like that could exist. Some trees, they say or, uh, they've even been here for about 3,000 years. Like it's just crazy. They've been, they've been around forever. But then you get to the portion that talks about the whole root system. And it's almost like they copied and pasted it from something else. It's like it almost doesn't make sense the way the roots work with the rest of the tree. Because here you go, you have this 400-foot tall tree, but then their roots are only like six feet deep. And it's like, you know, I think there's something wrong here. I think somebody might have made a mistake when they were typing this out online or something. But when you go and you keep reading, the way it's been able to last, the way these trees have been able to last the, the way they have is because their roots, although they may not be deep... Once they're underground, they're they beginning to intertwine with the, tr- the roots of other trees. And so maybe they're not as deep as they are tall, but they're definitely connected underneath. And the reason why they're able to endure is not because it's strong, but because they're strong. And I wonder if maybe some of us, we've been doing it wrong a little bit, or we've been trying to get strong on our own, or we've been trying to just kind of be, just tough it up and and man up and and, and woman up and stuff like that. But what would happen if we just got around some strong people? What would happen if we got around some people with some strong faith, some people of of, of prayer? You just never know the power uh, uh, that they will have. Why? Because we're stronger. Together And, and I, I, again, I just believe that something special happens when we come together, where, 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 where you are weak, where I am weak. Hey, uh, someone else is able to be made strong. And uh, today I want to invite another friend of mine. We also had a chance to be together uh, this summer uh, during our small group. And uh, you might uh, recognize him from serving on, on some of the teams here at the church. But can you help me by putting your hands together and welcoming Mr. Tim McCall today to the stage. Hi, Mr. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, Pastor. I hope everybody's doing great. Absolutely. We're just here having a great time. Let me, uh, for those of of them who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, would you mind sharing just a little bit about yourself and maybe even how long you've been coming to Journey?
2: Yeah, I've been coming to Journey a little bit over a year now, um, and I started serving on the public safety team um, shortly after I started attending, and it's been a blessing. It's been really um, beneficial to me personally um, to serve, and uh, be part of a team and get to know a lot of the other people and uh, a lot of the other members of the church that are active and involved. And um, I love being here every week and seeing everybody coming and going. And uh, it's been a blessing.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, Mr. Tim serves so faithfully, uh, always smiling and encouraging uh, others. And... Uh, I love his intentionality because he doesn't just come and and spectate. He comes and he participates. He comes and he's all in in groups as well. And so under this idea, the point of we're stronger together, um, how have you seen that play out in your life in the context of small groups and relationships? Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. Um, I mean, my walk in faith began in 1988. And, you know, I've been um, going for a long time and a lot of ups and downs and a lot of different things. I could probably talk for an extended period of time about all the different blessings and, you know, incredible things that I've seen. You know, other members of our community, um, you know, spread out all over the place, um, do and participate in and do for each other. Um, Most recently, I was uh, um, hospitalized for COVID about two and a half months ago. And um, I was in a hospital for 10 days in quarantine. And um, thank God I recovered. Uh, All the prayers that were offered up for me by my brothers on the public safety team was very much appreciated. And uh, they also brought me a, a care package uh, while I was in the hospital, and it was really appreciated. It was for, you know, n- nothing special, just some comfort items that I couldn't get while I was, um, you know, essentially incarcerated in the hospital, <laughs> can't leave, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know it, it was really a blessing, and, and I really appreciated it a lot, and that was really just an outgrowth of community. Um, you know, in my walk, um, I've been in Bible studies, and that feeds me in the Word. You know, I come to church every week, and that feeds me in the Spirit. And in being in community and in fellowship with our brothers and sisters, you know, that feeds me in community and fellowship and uh, brotherhood. And, um, you know, those are, you know, like the
1: three legs of a stool, right? That's so good. I need them all. That's so good. Come on, can we get up for Mr. Tim? I love your intentionality. And I, you've been a part of, of multiple groups, but maybe there's some people listening to us today, uh, watching us, and uh, they haven't had a chance to be in a group before, and they're a little kind of hesitant. What would, you, what would you say to that person who's kind of thinking about it, not sure to make that decision yet or not? Yeah, just, just step
2: out in faith. Um, you know, open yourself up. Let yourself be open and available. Um, you know, don't, don't worry about, um, you know, whether you're going to connect with somebody. The, the spirit and the Lord will lead you where you need to be. And, uh, you, you know, you'll find your place. And if you don't land in the right place the first time, just
1: keep trying. Keep trying. Come on. Can we give it up one more time for Mr. Tim, please? Yeah. The third and final blessing that I found in community that happens when we trade the me for the we is that we can accomplish more than me. We together can accomplish more than just me. There's a statement that I really believe our church is founded on, and that is we can do little alone or we can accomplish lots together. When you see what God is doing through this ministry, the impact that it's having, just know it's not one person. It's not just a, a, a few people in an office somewhere. No, that, those are hundreds of people mobilized, stepping into purpose, committed, stepping out in faith, being willing to, to, to sacrifice. And, and this is what happens because in the kingdom of God, it's, it's not simply addition when you and I come together, it's multiplication. We just do more, we can, our impact just multiplies when we come together. And I was reminded, and I'm going to show you a photo of this uh, Belgian horse. And this is the strongest horse on the planet. <clears throat> I personally don't ride horses. I, uh, anything that can throw me off and do some serious damage to my life, I'm going to try to stay away from. But this is nonetheless a beautiful horse. And, and it's, a, it's the world's strongest, most powerful horse that exists. And it's it said that uh, one horse can pull 8,000 pounds. Alone, so um, in my, 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 if my math is correct, I'm like, okay, well then two can do 16. But when I kept reading, it says two horses can pull 24,000. And then if you keep reading, it says the longer that these horses spend time together, the stronger the bond gets, and actually enables them to be able to even pull things even uh, uh, even at a greater capacity. There's these uh, two particular horses that were born around the same time. They put them together, grew up on the same farm. And these horses together, only these two alone could carry 50,000 pounds of weights. I think it's kind of like a perfect picture of what happens when you and I come together. Because we all have different gifts. We all have different skills. We all have different talents. But when we come together, it's not just addition, it's multiplication. It's multiplication. And uh, I love that today during our generosity moment, we got to highlight uh, something that we recently got to do in New York. And today I invited one of our friends to come on stage. She actually was there in New York, was able to represent our church. Some some other people went as well, but it was amazing to hear and see what God did. And so I'm gonna invite Nora to the stage today. And uh, I wanna hear her story of what God did out there in New York. Hey, Nora, how are you today? I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing great. For those of them who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and uh, how long you've been coming to Journey?
3: Sure. Um, I am Nora. I'm, I've been privileged to serve on um, a few teams here at Journey. Um, first one is outreach, which I was uh, volunteered to join. Um, on a <laughs> Serve Saturday, just went to join a community and, and serve the community in Lake Eola. And it's been history since then. Then I was um, onboarded onto Journey in the Jail, so I've been able to serve on both teams with uh, much excitement and much growth.
1: That's amazing, come on. And I would love for you to share with us just some of the experience of the team and your personal experience of when you guys went to New York. And uh, I think it's a perfect picture again of what happens when you and I come together because we all didn't go. We all didn't get on a bus and we went. But you, are, you're, you, even yourself here, are having an impact somewhere else. And so uh, tell us a little bit about how that went and what that also meant for you personally.
3: Yeah, um, I usually serve the community of Wachula. But this year, I wanted to kind of think outside of the box. And I came, um, I was approached by an organization in New York City, and I brought it to Journey, and Journey was on board. They didn't even hesitate. And thanks to your generosity, we were able to furnish um, um, 100 bags to um, some kids in the inner city of the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and we were able to provide food and just assist in the event. There was more than 1,000 people there, and we were able to serve that community thanks to your generosity. So I want to thank my community, the Journey family, for allowing me to represent you. And they have invited us back next year. So I am excited and looking forward for you guys to join us in that venture.
1: That's amazing. Hey, before you go, can you talk to us a little bit about... Uh, our outreaches as well, because the way we do outreach um, in our church context is through small groups as well. So we have uh, groups that go on Surf Saturday, for Saturday of every month, and then we have some groups that also go to uh, prisons as well to minister. So, yes. can you share with everybody what, what's happening here pretty soon?
3: Yes. Um, so I'm a part of Journey in the Jail, and we have one campus in Polk County, um, but we are soon going to be launching this month a second campus in Claremont. Um, Come on. And let it be the glory to God. Yeah.
1: That's so cool. For anybody who hasn't had a chance to join us, maybe for an outreach, what would you say to that person?
3: For someone that is um, socially awkward as myself, I, I I looked at this approach as stepping out of my circumstance and out of my comfort and stepping up, and it allowed me to step into my purpose. And I think that sometimes we have to think outside of the box and try something that may not be familiar for us, and it may be something that you were meant to be uh, in that part to do. And I just think that sometimes just doing something that may be uncomfortable can get you in, in where you need to be and where you can make the biggest impact. Journey in the jail is something that was completely out of my comfort zone, you can imagine, right? A girl going into a men's facility. But I have to say that it's been the most impactful Experience because they're prisoners in a facility, but how many of us are prisoners in our own lives? Ooh, come on. Right? So, going there and reaching out to this community reminds us that we are also prisoners and we have to give them community. We have to remind them that there's hope in the midst of their darkness, that there's peace despite the, their, their isolation. But I ask and I encourage you guys to try something out of, out of the norm for you. Step outside of your box, step outside of the norm, and you are going to be an inspiration, not only to yourselves, but to your family. I have a son who's eight, and he gets excited and tells everybody, my mom's going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? She's going to, he goes, yeah, she goes, helps people that are, like, are in prison. And his teacher goes, do you really go to jail? I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's a ministry in my community. And she goes, that is so impactful because they also need. So for your family, you never know how, how you're impacting them and creating community for them.
1: That's so good. Come on, let's give it up for Nora today. God bless you. Thank you so much. Hey, right now we're gonna, uh, on the screens, you're gonna see a QR code. And I wanna encourage you to pull out your phone. Uh, Normally in messages, you kind of encourage to put it away. Right now I'm gonna ask you to, to put it in your hand. I want you to click on the link here. This is gonna take you directly to our small groups directory page. And here you're gonna find a list of numerous groups that there's probably some near you, there's probably some that work best, that work good with your schedule. And if you've never had an opportunity to join a small group, I wanna encourage you to take out that, take that next step of faith and and do it this semester. Sign up for one, sign up for two, try them out, find the ones that you like and just see how your life goes to another level. To anybody here today who's like, you know what, Pastor Joey, I hear the message and all, and I know community is important and all, but actually my faith is good. Like I'm strong, like I walk, like I have a good relationship with God and uh, I I spend time with him every day. And and you know what, I listen to him and I go on dates with him and I do all this stuff with him. Um, If that was enough, my friend, then what, what happened in the garden at the beginning of the Bible would have been enough. And what I'm referring to is when Adam walked with God. I mean, it doesn't really get any closer than that. But even in that context, even in that relationship, the Bible says that God says to Adam, hey, it's not good for you to be alone. And he develops community. And he speaks, he speaks about the importance of, hey, you know what, you need some people in your life. And today, again, maybe, you're, you're, you, maybe you just barely made it to church. Maybe your faith is barely hanging on. Maybe it's because we've been trying to do it by ourselves. But today, God's saying, hey, I want to call you to be committed to me and committed to community. I believe that if you follow God, if you put him number one in your life, and if you get around the right environment, the right people, hey, your relationship with God, your future will be in a good place. And he'll take you to places that you never even imagined before. If you believe that, say amen. With every eye closed and head bowed down at this time, I want to give every single person within the sound of my voice an opportunity to invite Jesus to take ownership of their heart. Today, it doesn't matter how you walked into this place, but the truth of the matter is there might be some people here who, who feel lonely, who feel like, they're, like no, they're not seen, they're not loved. like they, they, don't, they don't have anybody they can count on. My friend, I'm here to let you know that you are seen and you are known and you are loved by Almighty God. 2,000 years ago, he died on a, on a tree for you and for me so that today we could have a life free of sin, but also spend eternity with him. And whether you, this, is, this might be the first time you're making this decision, or maybe you made the decision some time ago, but you've kind of gone your own way, but today you're ready to come back home. You're ready to say, you know what, God, I wanna surrender, I wanna be devoted to you all over again. On the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to lift up your hand high as a sign saying, God, here's my heart, here's my life, Here's everything that I am. I don't want to do life alone, God. I want you to lead me. If that's you, with nobody looking around, uh, I'm going to invite you to lift up your hand on the count of three. One, today is the day of salvation. Two, I believe this message was for you. And three, lift it up right there where you're at. I see multiple hands going up all over this place. Thank you, God. I'm going to invite you to put your hands down. And I'm going to invite everybody, whether you raise your hand or not, to repeat after me and, and say, Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for your sacrifice. I invite you to my life. I commit to you and to community. And I declare that as a result, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for everybody who made that prayer for the first time. I'm going to invite you to stand up with us right now. We're going to go back into another song. I'm going to invite you to lift up your hands, open up your mouth. Let's worship together because something special happens when we come together in community. Come on, let's go.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.